One thing for sure that I'm going to tweak for next year is I'm going to start tightening up the expectations and consequences in my class. Next year will mark three years being back in the classroom since the lockdown. And while I understand why things were loose and more chances than ever were given, I think it's time to start tightening things up a bit and hold students a little more accountable, at least in the areas that I can control. Hi there, I'm Carolyn Wall, your host of the Middle School Cafe podcast, a podcast specifically for secondary ELA teachers looking to close the achievement gap. I'm a 20-year veteran teacher who still loves being in the classroom. Tune in each week as I reflect on my own teaching experience to bring you lesson plans, strategies, and stories that will help you develop your students as readers and writers. So grab your notepad, cup of coffee and join me each week as we dive into all things ELA. Here we go. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited today because by the time that you are listening to this, it will officially be my last day of school. Yes, we really do go this late into June and this year teachers had an extra day that we had to make up due to having too many snow days. I'm so ready for things to slow down just a bit. As you know, the last few weeks of school are just crazy busy. But if you're anything like me, you just can't help yourself. You think about teaching over the summer. I'm constantly evaluating what went well this year and what I hope to do differently next year. What new things do I want to try? What do I want to get rid of? So in this episode, I'm going to just share my reflections with you on the year and some things I'm planning on working on over the summer that will hopefully make a big impact next year. I do have a slight advantage because I know what's coming this summer. Some amazing interviews with teachers sharing what they're doing to re-engage their students in reading and in learning. As I interviewed each person for our summer series, I was taking so many notes of things that I want to try next year, already thinking about how I can incorporate those ideas. If you missed last week's episode, I announced that beginning in July, I'll be starting a summer series here on the podcast. I've spoken to many teachers across the country about how teaching has changed since the pandemic, how it is harder and harder to engage students in learning and get them excited about reading. And that's where the idea for the summer series began. I know that I have lots of ideas about how to help students and how to re-engage them, but I also know that I don't have all the answers. So that's where the summer series came from. Because of my business, Middle School Cafe, I collaborate with lots of successful, amazing teachers across the country and in Canada. So I sent out a few invitations to see if anyone was interested in being part of the summer series to share their ideas, and I was blown away by their response. So many teacher friends agree that change needs to happen and that really teachers are the only ones that are going to make it happen. We've been recording the episodes over the past few weeks, and I know that you're going to find value in what they have to share, and it's my hope that you'll find a little something that you can take with you as you begin school next fall. There will, of course, also be a fun game to play throughout the summer with prizes, and I'll go over all those specific details in next week's episode. All right, let's jump into today's episode. I'm going to share with you my reflections over the year and some things that I'm going to be focusing on this summer for my own class. I think it's so important to reflect on the year before you leave on summer break, or at least within the first few weeks of summer. I know for me, if I wait to reflect on the year when we return in the fall, I forget what I wanted to add or change, or I may start remembering things wrong, like it wasn't really that bad when we did XYZ, only to repeat that lesson, 
and then remember that, yes, indeed, it really was that bad and I need to change things up. One thing for sure that I'm going to tweak for next year is I'm going to start tightening up the expectations and consequences in my class. Next year will mark three years being back in the classroom since the lockdown. And while I understand why things were loose and more chances than ever were given, I think it's time to start tightening things up a bit and hold students a little more accountable, at least in the areas that I can control. As I move back into eighth grade, which I'm very excited about, but isn't official official yet, my principal and I are hopeful and we're just waiting on paperwork from HR, but it looks like I'm going to be heading back to eighth grade ELA with one period of social studies, and I couldn't be more excited. Anyway, as I move back to eighth grade, there are two things that I want to focus on. Doing what I can to individualize instruction for all students and work to shift responsibility to students and help them take ownership over their learning. To help individualize instruction for students, I'm going to be moving away from whole group instruction, or at least make whole group instruction the exception and not the norm. We know that there are learning gaps, and because those gaps are so wide and varied, whole group instruction is no longer the best fit for my class. And I'd question whether it's a good fit right now for middle school in general. When you only have a few students that are behind or have deficits, whole group instruction can still be effective because you can easily check in with the ones that need extra support. You know which students need which supports and you can plan ahead for that. Now, however, when I literally have multiple levels of abilities from kinder all the way to high school in the same class, it's not as easy to check in with students during whole group instruction. Each of those levels needs something different, and I'm not always aware of learning gaps until we're in the middle of a lesson. I'm not sure about you, but I know that I can't meet that many needs within one lesson if I'm trying to teach everyone all together at one time. So what am I going to do instead? I definitely don't have all the details worked out yet, but I want to start utilizing small groups and centers in my class. I know that both of these strategies are traditionally associated with elementary, but I think if I can tweak them a bit, I can make them more digestible for eighth graders. Eighth graders like to be independent and like to be seen as adults. So if I can present and sell centers to them as having choices in what they're learning, it might just work. I still have some thinking to do on how to create and organize them, but I think centers will be a great way to differentiate instruction to help each student find and fill in the gaps that they're missing, plus provide some extra practice. I'm not going to talk too much about centers because Rachel from Uniquely Upper is going to be a guest in our summer series, and she is talking all about the benefits of using centers to engage students. So be sure to come back and listen to her episode, which will be out in early July. Small groups is something that I think I might try to incorporate with centers so that one rotation of the centers is a rotation with me. My biggest concern around small groups in middle school is how to structure them so that everyone gets what they need while not highlighting any deficits or needs students have. Middle school students are very aware when students are grouped by levels, and I want to avoid students seeing groups as being high or low. If you are currently using small groups, I'd love to hear how you use them and how they work for you. Please head over to the Facebook group and share your experience or even reach out to me on Instagram. I'd love to talk with you. I think that small groups have the potential and have a place in middle school, especially as a way to fill in those learning gaps. So I'll definitely be investigating that a little bit more. Another thing I want to work on more to help individualize student instruction are choice boards. 
Choice boards are great for providing students choice in how they demonstrate their learning, but they also provide a great way to differentiate tasks. Choice boards can be used for a variety of things, but I'm going to be thinking over the summer how I can use choice boards to have students pick out the activities that they'll be working on that day. I'm thinking of making Wednesday a choice day, as that's already a late start day for us and usually a more relaxed day in the building. So I think choice day Wednesday or Wednesday choice day would be a great fit for that. Less of me and more of them really just puts the students in control of their learning. I know I want my students to read and write every day. I'm thinking about possibly providing both a reading task and a writing task, then project those up on the screen so I can change them out as needed, then allow students to pick their two tasks, one from reading, one from writing, that they'll complete that day. I haven't quite figured out how to hold them accountable yet. I want to refrain from having them complete worksheets every time, but I really like the idea of having students decide which tasks they will work on while at the same time working on the standards that I need them to practice. Okay, I will definitely be continuing with book clubs next year. If you've been around for a while, you know that I love book clubs. They not only provide choice for students, but they also put the students in charge of planning and learning, which helps them to see the value in the activity and take ownership of their education. I'm going to be looking to incorporate more things like this to shift the responsibility for learning from teacher-directed to student-directed. I have an idea in my head to have students work in groups to create a collection of short stories all based on a character that they create as a small group. I did something similar when I taught a creative writing elective, but that took a lot of time to work through everything in class, something that we just don't have time for in a regular ELA class. So I'm still working on the details on how to modify that assignment. So stay tuned. If I get it figured out, I will definitely share it with you. When reflecting on the year, I don't just look at the things that I need to change. I also reflect to see what worked out this year. Sometimes I try something for a year and then I ditch it because it just didn't work out or it ended up being more effort than what benefit I got out of it. And sometimes I try something new and I love it. If you're on my email list, you know that last summer I had the opportunity to go to England and spend some time in the schools over there. It was a great trip, my first time in Europe, so I soaked in everything that I could. I was the crazy tourist trying to cram in as much as I could in my two weeks there. Anyway, I digress. I got to spend several days in a secondary school that based on student ages would have been the equivalent to eighth and ninth grade language arts classes. I loved just being in their classes with them, talking to both students and teachers about the similarities and differences in education between the U.S. and England. I definitely learned a lot and had great conversations with the teachers. One thing I noticed as I was in the school is that the students didn't have backpacks or they didn't carry books or notebooks or binders or spirals or anything really. All they were required to have with them throughout the day was a small bag, was like a tote bag with supplies such as blank notebook paper, pencils, highlighters, just your basic supplies. And then in each of their classes, they had these large folders, the kind that you might see at a doctor's office or a lawyer's office. They were really wide at the bottom, maybe two or three inches thick, and students kept all their papers, assignments, tests, etc. in that folder. Everything they needed for class was in the folder. It immediately took me back to elementary school where teachers often have a take-home folder for students, but this was something that was kept in the classroom. During one of my conversations with teachers, we talked about the folders. I had assumed that it was just something that schools in England do, just a process that they had, but she said that it was something that came out of COVID. 
They didn't want students carrying around backpacks or transferring papers from one class to the next, so they used these folders. But what they learned was that it helped students to keep better track of their papers, and students completed more work, and less work was quote-unquote lost. This year, I implemented a version of the folder system in my own class. Not knowing if I would like it or if students would see it as too elementary, they simply purchased the two pocket folders that you can get at any office supply store, and we kept our papers in the folder for each unit. I had the students then take their papers home at the end of every unit. In England, they kept the entire year in that folder. I just didn't feel like I had the space for that, and I didn't really see how that would work with a shared classroom this year. So we just did it by units, and it worked out well. I really liked it. Students liked the folders, too, because they knew where their assignments were. They could keep track of their assignments, daily warm-ups, handouts that they needed for class, and it really just seemed easier. I had way less students tell me that I lost their papers because all I had to do was say, let's check your folder just to be sure. And more often than not, the missing paper was in the folder. Sometimes finished, sometimes not, but we found the missing paper. I can already hear some of you saying that, well, this takes that responsibility away from the student and puts it back on me, the teacher. And you're right to a degree, but I presented the folders as a place to keep their work. Students that already had an organization system, a notebook that they take to each class, still have the opportunity to do that if they wanted to. The folders were really for the students that still needed more organizational support. I had to evaluate what I thought was more important, students being organized and keeping track of their materials or students engaging with the content in class. Because at this point, with as many needs as we have, I just couldn't stress myself out trying to do both. As I help my students take responsibility for their learning, I'm hopeful that organization will come. But until then, I'd rather spend my class period helping students with content. So utilizing folders will definitely be something that I do again next year. Another thing that was new for me this year that I actually took from our math department was spiral review warmups. With attention spans so limited and homework really being something of the past, I needed to find some way to have my students practice skills more often. Last summer, I created weekly warmups. Each week, students get the opportunity to practice using and explaining figurative language. They investigate a vocabulary word and a root word. They practice correcting a sentence. They respond to a journal prompt. And at the end of the week, they reflect on their learning for the week. With the exception of one area, students are reviewing and practicing skills that they have already learned. The one new area on my weekly warm-up is a quote about reading. Each week, students read a quote, then interpret that quote, what it means, and how they might be able to apply it to their own learning. I find that reading the quotes each week and talking about them helps students think about and see the value in reading from a different perspective. They get to see what other people have to say about the value of reading, so it goes just beyond the teacher saying that you have to do it. All right, you guys, thank you so much for going on this reflection journey with me. I hope whether you are out now or that you've been out for a few weeks, that you take time to reflect on your year. Get real with yourself about what you thought went well this year. What did your students respond to? What did you do that helped you better function in the class? Think about the positive things that happened in your class this year, because there were positives, even if it was a tough year for you. And I want you to take the time to think about the positives and acknowledge them. Then, if you want, you can reflect on the things that you want to change or eliminate from your class. It's easy to say that everything needs to change, 
But the reality is that you probably only need to change or modify one or two things. I like to think about what my biggest struggles were and is change in this area something that I can control? For example, behavior is still my biggest struggle, meaning the lack of consequences when behavior escalates past my classroom steps. When students escalate past my behavior tiers, it's really out of my control. I can't enforce consequences outside of my class, so it can't be something that I focus on for change. Once I identify one or two things within my control to change, I think about how I can improve in those areas. I might buy a book or listen to podcasts. I just look for ideas throughout the summer so that when I return in the fall, I have a better idea of what I'm going to do. As I think about what I just said, it almost sounds like I'm suggesting that you spend all summer thinking about school. And that is absolutely not what I'm suggesting. What I am suggesting is that before you forget the year and forget the feels of the year, you take 30 minutes to an hour and just jot down your thoughts and ideas for the next school years and then ponder those ideas over the summer. If you come across a book, you might want to read it. If you come across a podcast, listen to it. I'm not suggesting to spend your whole summer working. With today being my last day of school, I know that I'll be taking time this week to jot down ideas, mostly related to what I've already talked about in this podcast, but also any ideas that come up as I wrap up the year with my colleagues. I am so looking forward to sleeping in tomorrow and getting my summer vacation started. This week, I will be hanging out in the Facebook group, which is always fun. With the release of my book, Motivating Readers Teaching in the Post-Pandemic Era, happening next Tuesday, I'll be going live a few times this week and over the weekend in the group to talk about some of the things that you will find in the book. I hope that you'll join me over there for those lives. If you're not yet in the Facebook group, head over to the show notes and grab the link. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you're having a great start to your summer. And until next time, everyone, have a great week.